Welcome to Anti-Diet Revolution, the source for your weekly dose of non-dieting approach to weight loss and improved health. I'm Andrea Heyman, and I've been a registered dietitian for over 25 years specializing in weight management. I've seen countless women struggle in their quest to meet their weight loss and health goals. Over the years, I've learned that traditional diet culture strategies just don't work. I've found the keys to help you feed yourself, lose the weight, and meet your wellness goals without restrictive eating, menu plans, or missing out on your favorite foods. Through a non-diet approach, I'll provide mindset strategies, tips, tricks to achieve your healthiest body, and I'll share the stories, strategies, and successes to get your healthiest self. Interview guests will share their transformations from a traditional diet culture approach to food freedom. I'm on a mission to knock out diet culture and help you achieve the freedom, growth, improved health, and enhanced lifestyle that comes with adapting the anti-diet approach. Let's dive in. Hi, friends. It's Andrea here with another episode of Anti-Diet Revolution. This is part two of a three-part series, breaking down what anti-diet means. Now, this is a new term, so there really isn't an established definition, but to me, it means three things. Last week, I talked about the first. Today, we're going to focus on the second of those criteria, and that is that all foods fit into a healthy diet. This is a concept that's been around for a while and is used by dietitians pretty universally. Certainly, I was taught this in school, and I know that all of my counterparts, when I worked in a traditional hospital setting, uh, accepted this as well. And the term all foods fit is often used to emphasize that there are no good foods or bad foods. But the reality is that we've been taught that there are good and bad foods. And we're taught this not directly, like nobody ever says that's a bad food. Well, actually, I think people do say that to their kids. I think they do get that message. But for the most part, it's a little more subtle than that. So a lot of us have memories of their mothers or their aunts from when they were very young children. And those adults just wouldn't allow themselves to eat certain foods. Or we've even heard them say things like, I shouldn't eat cake, or just give me a little sliver of cake at a party. Did you ever hear your dad or your uncle or any other man say this? I don't know that I ever have. And when we get those messages from our role models, we internalize that as a rule. So we learn in our mind, we make the rule that cake is bad or ice cream is bad. And once you have that rule, even though it's not a helpful rule, it is completely reinforced by diet culture through your teen years, your young adult years. And those messages are what we hear. In diet culture, it's things like specific diets that tell us that certain foods or food groups are not allowed, that you shouldn't eat them. And it gives us the impression that those restricted items, those foods that you should be restricting are bad. So we might be walking around with this internal rule that certain foods are bad. We not, might not be aware of it. We might have more awareness. 
And then it's just been pushed and reinforced our entire lives. But this is not serving us well. It makes us women think that we're bad when we're eating a particular food. Think of all the times you told yourself you're bad, that you felt guilty about what you ate. That's because you're accepting this notion that there are good and bad foods, and you're not really on board with the all foods fit concept. But really, food is just a neutral thing. It doesn't have virtue, just like a sock. A sock is a neutral thing. It's not good or bad, but our thoughts, our perspective, give it meaning. So that's the same with food. We give meaning to the neutral item of cake or an apple or things like that. So why is it important to accept that all foods fit into a diet? Well, really, I can think of five really good reasons. So the first is that different foods provide different nutrients. Sounds pretty basic, right? But when we eliminate certain foods or food groups, it becomes harder to get specific nutrients that we might need. For example, most people, when they say they're eliminating carbs, they typically mean wheat-containing foods. So if we eliminate those, it becomes more difficult to get the nutrients found in those food products like B vitamins and folate. But when all foods are included in the diet, it becomes easier to get a wider array of nutrients. The second reason is that you need a lot of nutrients to help digest foods. You do this more efficiently when you have all the nutrients that you're going to get from all food groups. So for example, Dietary fiber from fruits, vegetables, and whole grains help break down fats and proteins. And you need a variety of those nutrients to help your body run most efficiently. And that's why you need all of those foods and food groups. All right. So when we limit our food, if we only allow ourselves to eat a few foods, then eventually we can get tired of eating them. So say you only allow yourself a smoothie for breakfast or oatmeal or an egg, right? Eventually you're going to get tired of those, most people. And then you want to eliminate one of those options that you're tired of. And then you're down to even fewer foods. And this is frustrating, does not lead to a long-term sustainable eating pattern for yourself, which obviously is not good. Also, if we restrict certain foods, it can lead to that binge restrict cycle. Think about it. If you tell yourself that you're not going to eat a certain food from your diet, what happens? You want it more. When you eventually do eat that food, you often overeat it because you don't know when you're going to allow yourself to eat that again. Then inevitably you feel guilty and regretful that you ate the food and probably overate the food and it leads to further restriction. All of this is clearly an unfortunate, unhealthy cycle. And then finally, food is social. Have you ever been to a social gathering and felt like you couldn't enjoy the food options because you were telling yourself you couldn't eat all of them? First of all, that's no fun, but I've even seen people who are so restricted with their eating that they even avoid gatherings. 
Now, I don't know about you, but COVID gave me enough isolation to last a very, very long time. When we accept that all foods fit into a healthy diet, we're enabled to enjoy food more, appreciate our eating without obsessing over what we're going to eat. We take away that battle with food and food no longer is the enemy. And when we do this, we're able to listen to our body's cues and trust that we know how to feed ourselves becomes so much easier because feeding ourselves can be easy. And that is the third component of what anti-diet means to me, which I will be talking about in next week's episode. Until next time, take care. If you like this episode, please rate and leave a review. This is how we get the word out to others so they can be part of the anti-diet revolution. I read every review I receive and use that to push out more episodes that are helping you. Thanks for joining me today. Talk to you next week.